All right, well, thank you guys for having me out. Excited to talk about this together. Uh, let's, let's pray. Father, thank you for this time now that we can meet together, hear from you and hear from your word. We ask that you would speak to us. And Lord, I pray through this series, Lord, there is so much confusion around dating and relationships and marriage and friendships. And, um, we pray that you would show us, um, show us the way. You are the way, the truth, and the life. You have eternal wisdom for this, this topic and for us. And so guide us. And, and guide us through this text tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to start with Matthew 28, 18 through 20, the Great Commission. Let's go there. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Uh, it says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. It says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Um, so he declares all authority, gives this command to make disciples, baptize them, teach them to obey them. And then he says, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. I am with you always to the end of the age. If you are a follower of Jesus, if you have given your life to Jesus, if you've decided to become part of his family and follow him, if you are eager to be a part of his work to make disciples, joining with him in this purpose to invite others to follow Jesus and help others to know and follow Jesus, and you count yourself a disciple that makes disciples, Jesus says, look, I am with you, with you to the end of the age. You see, Jesus as authority, king and Lord here, he says, look, I have all authority. All of it's been given to me, not partial. There's no split post here. This isn't like a three branches of government type thing or no, he has all authority, right? Um, it's been given to him. He is the king, but he's not just king right here. He's saying, and I am with you always to the end of the age, meaning he is a companion, a friend. Jesus as a friend. I want to ask, do you know Jesus as a friend? Do you know him as a companion and someone that is with you? In another place of scripture, it says that he will never leave you nor forsake you. Meaning Jesus isn't just a friend. Jesus is a perfect friend. How many of you have friends, but those friends have left you at some times and forsaked you at some times? Yep. There's no other friend on this planet Earth that can be with you always and that will never leave you nor forsake you. If you are struggling with loneliness, if you are dealing hurt with hurt and friendship, maybe hurt in dating, um, maybe recovering from a rough relationship, uh, maybe went on a nice date with someone that you met online and you shared a good coffee. You thought, maybe this is going somewhere, and then just straight ghosted, never heard from him again. Um, if you're dealing with any sort of relational strife, pain, 
confusion. A friend that maybe said, man, I got you, I got you. And then push came to shove and you're like, what, where, where are they? And they just bailed. Jesus is not like that. He is with you always, even to the end of the age. And he will never leave you nor forsake you. I had one time in my life, um, was my most difficult time of, of life. I went through a deep betrayal with a close friend um, who betrayed me and got a bunch of other people to mistrust me. Uh, and it was, it was heartbreaking. And I remember later when um, my wife and I were getting kind of some just counsel as we were walking through that pain, uh, in this season, my wife, and I'm going to talk about, my topic tonight is marriage and friendship, marriage and friendship. And we're going to talk about that. My wife is my, my best earthly friend, my cl- closest human friend. Um, and the pastor was talking to us about recovering through this season of just betrayal and hurt and pain. And I was crushed. I mean, just um, broken in this season, a broken, broken man. Um, and the pastor asked my wife and said, like, you know, how has this been for you? What has this been like for you? Uh, and, and she's been like, I've felt somewhat helpless. And she said, Jake, in our marriage, has always been confident, clear, decisive. And she said, and like this basically rock that I could lean on. But in this season, I was confused and hurt, indecisive, broken. And she's like, I don't know really what to do. And there was times where she was unable, just didn't even know how to be with me or love me or care for me in the midst of the pain that I was feeling and the hurt that I was feeling. There was only one in this whole world universe history that could be there for me in that time, and it was Jesus. And there was times where I remember just being on my knees, weeping with Jesus. I'd be driving alone by myself in a uh, I'd just be listening to like a random song and start bawling. And I'd just start praying to Jesus and know that he was there comforting me in this time. Um, Jesus will never leave you nor forsake you. And I remember during this time, this season, this is when it hit me, the type of friendship I had with Jesus. I went on a hike with another friend and, and we were hiking and he asked me a, a question that I think good friends ask each other. And he said, hey, how is your relationship with Jesus going? That was the question he asked me. How is your relationship with Jesus going? And I, without blinking, without thinking, uh, out hesitating, just said, oh, I feel closer to him than anyone else in the world. And it just came out of my mouth so automatically. I hadn't processed that. I was surprised when I said it because I never answered that question that way before. Um, I don't think I would answer that question that way today uh, because of my unfaithfulness in my relationship with Jesus. But that moment, that just poured out. I've, I'm, I'm, there's no one I'm closer with. Because in the midst of the sorrow, when so many friends had left me, when uh, people that I thought were friends were far from me, with even my own wife was like, I don't quite understand what he's going through. Jesus was with me. He was with me. And if you know Jesus, there's no, no friend like Jesus. There's no one that can love you like Jesus. 
There is no one that will be with you to the end of the age like Jesus. There is no one that will never leave you nor forsake you like Jesus. Do you have friendship with Jesus? He invites you. He invites you to enjoy the greatest friend that there is in the history of the world. That's what he invites you into. And so I encourage you. We were created for relationship. And first and foremost, we are created for relationship with Jesus and with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's the relationship that our soul was created for. And without that, without that at the core of our relational being, every other human relationship will leave us wanting and empty. Um, let's go to Genesis 1 together, okay? Genesis 1 together. So the topic is marriage and friendship. In Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then what we're going to hear is this echo that God creates this, and it was good. And God creates that, and it was good. And he says, let there be trees and animals, and they were good. And let there be light, and that was good. And let there be a day and night, and let that will be good. And let there be stars, and, the, and it was good, and it was good, and it was good, and it was good. And it was good, and it was good, and it was good. And then... It is not good for man to be alone. It is not good for man to be alone. Saying that humans were created for deep human relationship. And so we talked about humans were created for God relationship, to have relationship with the created creator, but they were also created for human relationship. And the response, what God does to to deal with this, let's go to verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 18. Genesis, chapter 2, verse 18. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make a helper fit for him. Now out of the ground the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. So the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. So it's not good for man to be alone and God creates marriage. Marriage between one man and one woman. And, and we see in this picture of marriage, we see friendship right out of the gate. We see this friendship. And it's, it's amazing that God creates Eve right out of Adam's rib, out of his side. Because when you think of friendship and companionship, you think of walking together side by side. 
What we don't see is man out in front of woman chauvinism. We don't see woman in front of man feminism. We see man and woman side by side companionship and friendship. Friendship is a purpose of marriage. So there's a lot of purposes towards marriage. God created it for a lot of reasons. Um, but friendship, relationship, companionship, friendship is a purpose of marriage. It is one of the reasons that marriage was created. And it's a gift. It, it's a gift to have this friend that's going to help you do life together. Um, So by God's grace, I'm married. I've been married now 16 years. Uh, yep, 16 years. Um, going on 17. That's the number after 16, in case you were wondering <laughs> what comes next. Uh, before that, we had met in high school. We met at the Round Table Pizza parking lot right here in Gig Harbor. So any of you who are single, just hang out in that parking lot. It's where the magic happens. Um, back when I was in high school, phew, this is 90s, okay? The 90s, that was a thing. Um, that was the high school hangout. You would, you would basically go to the, we didn't have like any of the stuff. There's no like Ocean 5 or Galaxy Theater or Target or Starbucks. Like we had a parking lot and that, so that's where we hung out. Giving you some Gig Harbor history here. In the 90s, if you wanted to hang out in Gig Harbor, you went to the Round Table Pizza parking lot. Um, so that's where I met my wife. Met her there. We dated five years in high school. Uh, and I think uh, friendship has always been a strength of ours. We've, just, we've always enjoyed each other and enjoyed having friendship with, with each other. Um, and I'd say the time, one of the times that where our friendship First took like maybe its biggest like struggle and walkthrough besides just random immaturity and immature fighting and what and that's a whole other marriage thing how to that's another marriage teaching um, it's called uh, how to fight but uh, le learning how to fight well it's very important very important thing in marriage as, um, not what we're going to talk about now uh, when we had our first child. We have four kids. Um, you saw three of them in the picture. Uh, and I was fit because I was doing CrossFit back then. That was a great picture. Um, <laughs> when we had our first child, Ezra, when you have your first baby, um, your first like you bring home like another human being, um, it is insane. Like it is nuts. You're taking care of this other human being. You are not like sleeping anymore. And like both of you are just trying to figure this out. And this kid like cry and you're in love with this kid, but you're also exhausted. And it's just, and what can easily happen is you're just trying to figure out how to like not kill a human being that you're responsible for. You're just like, why am I, what am I responsible for? I remember we were driving Ezra, his name, driving him home from the hospital, the first like drive. And that first drive, you're just like so, and I like see car, like a car cut me off. And I was just like, oh, I have a baby in this car. Like, what are you doing? Like, I'm like, Lindsay, he just, I'm going to get, she's like, just get us home. Just get the child home safely. I'm like, they could have killed our baby. And 
you're just freaking out. You're like, this is so fragile. And you're trying to like figure out life. And what can easily happen is you become business partners. Uh, you become business partners in marriage. You're going to work, you come home, you have your responsibilities, she has her responsibilities. You're taking your turn, like caring for the baby so like she can breathe and maybe sleep for a little bit. And then she's taking care of the baby so maybe you can breathe and sleep for a little bit. And you're just kind of trying to survive. And Lindsay and I had started doing that. And um, I actually just read a, a little like excerpt, maybe I heard an excerpt, just like a, a line about the importance of friendship and marriage. And Lindsay and I like heard the line, talked about it, we looked at each other and we're like, Wait, do we know each other anymore? Like, are we friends? Do we like each other? Do we do anything to like keep the, or are we just trying to like keep a baby alive? And it may be these different things that will come in, but the first thing that uh, I want you to take away for friendship and marriage is it takes intentionality. All healthy friendships take intentionality. And it's just because you're living under the same roof and have covenanted your life in marriage together doesn't mean all of a sudden you will just be easily friends. That's why the divorce rate is so high. People stop being friends. And so you need to work on the friendship and think, what would I do if I were a good friend? We need to listen to one another. We need to recreate together. We need to do something. Here's another thing I'll give you. So in intentionality, here's a, a good term to remember. Friendship before function. Friendship before function. And so if you're dating, you're looking for someone that you're going to be, you want to marry and be friends with for life. And what can happen is if you're only thinking about yourself, you're thinking you're dating and what does this person do for me? What are they going to be? Is this person going to help me in my career? Is this person going to have good looking kids and whatnot? Because I don't know. I want to make sure my kids are good looking, you know, this or that. It was funny. Part of the reason Lindsay was attracted to me, she's like, uh, more white and more freckly, and she's like, oh man, our kids would be so tan if I marry this guy. I'm Native American, got a little of that Native American, like, almond skin, she's, she's feeling. You just vibe in that. Uh, and then our first baby, just Casper White, just poof, just like, like, he didn't get, he's a ghost, you know, just like, sorry, babe, I didn't, I didn't come through on that. Good thing we are friendship before function, because otherwise we would have failed and been like, man, I should have gone way darker skin than this guy. She's sunburned, she got skin cancer, okay? Um, it's, it's, it's benign. Um, friendship before function. Are you working on the relationship and the friendship? Or are you just thinking what will functionally happen here? Function's important. That's why it's not out. Right? You could be good friends with someone that you would never marry. It's like this is, we're, we, don't, we don't have the same dreams. We don't want to see the same things happen. We don't have the same vision in life. There aren't things that we're called to together. We're friends, but there isn't that function component. But friendship has to become, come before function or it won't last. It won't, it won't last and it won't be healthy. It'll just be a business partnership for life. <laughs> just doesn't sound like a very good marriage, right? Um, so friendship before function and friendship takes intentionality. Um, friendship is a gift. Friendship, here's another key for friendship. And as you're building friendship and you're looking into friendship, you're thinking maybe you can marry this person in general. Okay, this is a stereotype, but I think stereotypes are helpful. Um, they're stereotypes for a reason. In general, stereotypically, 
men and women build friendships different. Um, and they feel built up in their friendships different. Here is that difference. Men primarily, stereotypically, build friendship shoulder to shoulder. Okay? Shoulder to shoulder. So let me give you an example of what, what that means. Um, this is what, what Lindsay and I share in this. is one of our famous examples. I had a buddy who, like, he had just had um, their, they had just had a baby, and we, I've seen him like two weeks after he just had a newborn baby. And we got together and we played basketball for like, I don't know, an hour and a half. We sweated, we had a great time and just bonded deeply. And I came home and she's like, oh, how'd it go? You know, um, hanging out with Mike. And I'm like, oh, we had a great time and stuff. She's like, how's the newborn? How's the baby? And I was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't ask. <laughs> she's like, what? He just had a baby. You didn't ask how the baby is? I was like, we just played basketball. We had a great time. We bonded. We're, our friendship is better than it's ever been before. And she's like, you didn't ask about the baby. You didn't ask him about the baby. You're like, what is wrong with you? And I was like, I was like, I didn't, it didn't come up. How does him having a baby, a brand new baby, not come up? Because we were shooting hoops and it was great. <laughs> Right? And he didn't care that I didn't ask. I didn't care to ask. We, next time we hung out, probably didn't ask again. <laughs> and men, they can just do stuff together. Play sports together, hike together, work on a car together. And that, that very action, that shoulder-shoulder action is how men feel friendship being built. They'll come away from that and just be like, yeah. That's my buddy. And as the friendship grows, they will talk about stuff. But it's more secondary. We'd rather just be doing stuff together. And if we're doing stuff together, we're building friendship. Now, my wife, and most women, stereotypically, they build friendship, not shoulder to shoulder, but face to face. Face to face. Let's get a coffee. Let's get a tea. You sit here, I'll sit here, and face to face. How's that baby that you just had a week and a half ago? Oh, tell me all about the delivery. Okay, how long were the, and how far apart were the contractions? Oh, let me tell you about my contractions when I had my baby. Isn't that crazy? How many nurses came in? How long were you in there? Oh my goodness, it was great. And they'll just go and go and go and go and come back and just like, oh my goodness, our friendship is amazing. Right? And so then what happens is that woman, my wife, marries this man, me, and I'm thinking like, hey, we just were working in the yard together. Our friendship rocks. And she's going like, we haven't been face to face and chatting forever. This friendship sucks. Right? Or, or opposite, we went out on a nice date, a coffee, we sat down. And she chatted a bunch, and I pretended to listen, and we left, and she's like, this friendship is amazing. But I'm like, man, we haven't done anything together in forever. Our friendship is lame. <laughs> and so, this is important that we're, we're learning about that each other, about each other. If I want to be a good friend to Lindsay, I need to give her face-to-face -face time. If she wants to be a good friend to me, she needs to give me some of this shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder time. I, I feel great if Lindsay just watches me do sports. 
I love it when she watches me do sports. I try to show off, be like, did you see that? And she never saw it. She never... Side rant. One time, okay, this is one of the high points in my athletic career. Intramural flag football at the University of Washington. My wife was in the stands watching. She was my girlfriend at the time. I had the game of my life. The game of my life. Not one touchdown, not two, not three. Five touchdowns and two interceptions. It was just out of this world. And so I'm walking off the field like Superman, right? And my girl, my girl was in the stands the whole time watching. And so we're, we're chatting, driving back, and I'm like, so did you see that one-handed diving catch touchdown that I had like in the second half of the game? Uh, no, no, I missed that. And I was like, okay, that's fine. I had four others. So I was like, did you see it when I did this catch over here and then juked by that guy, spun in and got that touchdown and our whole team tackled me in celebration? Ah, uh, no, no, I didn't see that. Okay, did you see when they were about to score and, 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 and then I jumped in front and I caught the ball, that's called an interception, and then I ran it Along the sidelines, our sidelines, like I, when I, I, I came probably a yard from where you were standing watching, and I ran it from, from one end zone to the other end zone, and that sealed the game, and that was the big thing that like that, it was over after that. Did you see that? Oh, is that you? I heard someone talk about that. I was like, I had five touchdowns, two interceptions. Did you see any of them? Actually, I was just talking to Rosanna the whole time, face to face. Ah, oh, you didn't see any of it. She did see one play. Has nothing to do with the sermon. I just wanted to share it. Face to face, shoulder to shoulder. Um, this is part of how marriage makes you more Christ-like. Because you have to sacrifice and get out of yourself to help build the friendship. You have to do things that would not naturally be the way that you build friendship in order to be a good friend. And your spouse has to do the same to help build a friend with you. It also reminds us that it reveals to us how weak and how flawed we will be as a friend. And that's why I started with what I started with at first, that Jesus is your only perfect friend. He's the only one that will never leave you nor forsake you. He's the only one that will be with you always, even to the end of the age. And if Jesus, if you are looking for someone else to be that perfect friend that is not Jesus, you will crush them with expectation. You will smother them. You will be needy. Or you'll punish them. You'll distance yourself. You'll throw away people that could make perfectly good uh, spouses, right? In this stage, I think this room's almost all single. Um, no one's married here except, I think I'm the only one married in this room. Is that correct? I don't see anyone that I know of that has been married from Thrive. Yep. I think I'm the only one married in this. If Jesus is not your primary friendship, you will look past people that could be potentially great marriage partners just because they're not a perfect friend. You'll be in that exploratory friendship stage. It's kind of, huh, oh, maybe I wonder if this could work, right? And then they'll do something off sin or something. You're like, cross that out. 
right? And they've already crossed you out way long before that anyways. That's why your friendship with Jesus is so important for your future friendship and marriage. Because uh, that spouse cannot be Jesus to you. They cannot hold that weight. And you can't be Jesus to them. You can't be Jesus to them. At first, you might like that early in a relationship. It's kind of nice when they think, like, you're perfect, you're the best-looking thing, you're me. But pretty soon, they figure out who you really are. Um, and they're like, oh, that's not what it said on his Tinder profile. Uh, catfishing. Um, <laughs> neither of you will be able to Fill that expectation. Jesus has to be central, central in your friendship. And if Jesus is central in your friendship, then you can have patience with one another. Then you can have compassion with one another. Then you can forgive one another as Christ forgives you. Then you can begin to see yourself as the bride of Christ and them a fellow bride of Christ, with the Savior being the only perfect one. You're both the ones, you're both equally in need of Jesus' forgiveness. You're in equally need of Jesus' sanctification. You're in equal need of Jesus' perfect witness and love. And you see how that gives you a, realis a realistic expectation for your significant other and your friendship with them? Because you're just two sinners in need of Jesus' perfect friendship. And that brings me to the next part of friendship. Healthy friendship in marriage is one that helps you follow Jesus. If you're a follower of Jesus, you already right now know and experience, does this person help me follow Jesus in your friendships? Right? You're probably your closer friends, the friends you trust are ones that help you follow Jesus. And you have to be thinking about this when, marriage, in, when you're looking at marriage is, is this someone that's going to help me follow Jesus? Too often we're looking for someone to be Jesus for us, to be that savior. Give me my identity. Give me some sort of worth. Give me some sort of attention. Give me some, no, 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 no. Don't look for someone that's going to be Jesus for you. Look for someone that's going to help you follow Jesus. Look for someone that's going to help you grow in your friendship with Jesus. And one of the things that, that I think my wife and I have done well is we try to protect and encourage one another's relationship with Jesus. When we see things getting in the way of time with Jesus. We say, Man, we have, you, this, is, this is hurting your relationship with Jesus. This is hurting your friendship with Jesus. How do, how do I help you in this? You want someone that's going to help you walk with Jesus. That's a good friend. That's the type of friend you want to be looking for in marriage. Do they help my friendship with Jesus or are they hurting my friendship with Jesus? And that second one is very important. Are they hurting my friendship with Jesus? Now, set aside some of the natural emotions and the hormones and the heart fluttering and the romance that starts. Yeah, all of that stuff, that, that's fine. That's healthy. That's natural. That helps draw you in past 
your awkwardness because you're like, oh, there's so much, emo-. like we would never like date because of the risk involved if the Lord didn't give us some of this like foolish love blindness that can come in at times, right? That's Twitter-pated, right, as Bambi would call it. Um, like we need some of that because otherwise we'll be too critically thinking and the risk-reward, which the risk is too high, the risk is too high, right? I don't know if they like me or what if they do, what if they, what if they don't? And they get all that stuff going on our head, but then that, those little endorphins and hormones and stuff, and you're just floating along and like, ah, oh, they won't reject me. And then they reject you and your heart's broken. But then, you know, I'm never going to do that again. And the next person, maybe I'll do it again. Okay. Right. And so I'm not talking about that because that, that, that's just part of it. Um, but besides that, and once, once you start to get into that, you have to honestly, because what I'm saying is sometimes in that stage, maybe that will get in the way of your friendship with Jesus. Hopefully it won't. Um, but sometimes it's just like, I'm only thinking about this person, right? And does, I'm just so, and that's exciting. And, and some of that just, you can't, don't beat yourself up and be like, why can't my mind only think about Jesus all the time? Because right now I'm also thinking about that girl and she likes me and right. And that's okay. I'm not saying get overly concerned about that. Keep seeking Jesus. But what I will say is outside of that and as you're pursuing, if this person is not helping you be of Jesus, but is actually harming you and harming your friendship with Jesus, you need to take that extremely seriously. Because that, at that point, is not a good friend in your life. And sometimes it's just having a good conversation with each other, making sure you're on the same page. Um, but if not, after that, um, run, don't walk. If they're hurting your friendship with Jesus. Um, That's not going to be that's not going to be a good a good friend or something you're looking for for life. And then again, here's the temptation that comes there. Okay, this is what I've seen in friendship. Flutter stage. Here we go. This is great. Now they're hurting your friendship with Jesus, um, meaning they're creating obstacles for maybe other friends that uh, draw you towards Jesus. That's one of the ways they can they can hurt. It's like. No, 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 cut off that friendship, cut off that, cut you off from your church community, cut you off from others, and it'll start to put a kind of a stranglehold. All those things are like, run, get out, this is hurting my friendship with Jesus. You might have a conversation about it. If it doesn't change, nope, this is going to hurt my friendship with Jesus. Um, run. Uh, run, don't walk in that situation. Because you you're looking for someone. And here's another thing that what Lindsay, uh, Lindsay and I are passionate about the other one having friends that are pointing them to Jesus. Because if I'm not Jesus for my wife, and I'm not, then she needs the hands and feet of Jesus. She needs the body of Christ pouring into her. I want her to have lots of friends pointing her to Jesus. And a good friend 
Here's the warning. A bad friend will say, I'm going to be Jesus for you. I'll be the body of Christ for you. You only need me. Me and you will pursue Jesus together. Just us block you off from the rest of the world. Um, run. Don't walk from that. Serious. Um, tell them why. Say, look, I think you're cutting me off from the body of Christ, the hands and feet of Christ. I don't think that's good. Unfriend. <laughs> Just sorry. Um, but what you want to be his good friend is say, man, are those guys in your life helping you follow Jesus? How do I make sure we keep that time in your life? How do we make sure that we still prioritize that? How do we make sure that you have people pouring into you? How do we make sure that you're pouring into others? How do we make sure that you're still on mission with those that you were on mission with or who God's calling you with? And how do I come alongside and help that and support that, encourage that? And then you're looking for someone that does that for you. Man, these are some, some of the people that help you have friendship with Jesus. These are some of the people that encourage you with Christ. How do I make sure I'm protecting that time? How do we make sure that we still prioritize that time? Because what can happen is because of that, the la-la land and everything, and oh my goodness, uh, you just lose all time with others. And what that does, it'll actually just strangle the relationship because neither person can handle it because we need the body of Christ to help us have good friendship with Jesus. Too much pressure will come onto one person and too much pressure on the other. And one starting to believe I can be Jesus for them and that. And you can just see that it just does not work. And if you take that, maybe it'll last for a little while, but you bring that into marriage, it's disaster. It's disaster. A healthy marriage has strong friendship with one another where Jesus is our perfect friend and where you are want to build a team a family around you, both as a couple and around you as individuals that help you be friends with Jesus. And that your friendship with Jesus and your friendship with those that help you in your friendship with Jesus is protected, is nurtured, is guided and cared for. That's the friend you want to be married to. That's the friend you want to be married to. Friendship is for our joy. So this is a gift for your joy. Um, you get to enjoy Jesus as a friend. It's not all duty with Jesus, right? If your relationship with Jesus is just him, master, you, servant, you're missing out on a massive, life-giving, abundant joy of having Jesus as a friend. And same thing in relationship. If it's all duty and you're missing out the friendship component, that is an unhealthy, unhealthy relationship. Jesus gives us friendship for our joy. And we get to continue having friendship within our marriage and then friendship with Jesus as the bride of Christ. And it's something that we get to do together. I wanted to leave time for questions. So I'm, I'm just going to... Pin it there and pray for us, and then I'll leave some time for any questions you guys might have. I think Michael said to keep it up for questions. Um, so let me pray. Jesus, uh, we thank you that you are our perfect friend, um, that you are always with us, even to the end of the age, a friend that is always with us. We thank you and praise you 
that you'll never leave us nor forsake us. Lord, forgive us for when we look for those two things from a human. No human, no future spouse, no friend, no relationship can be with us always. Sometimes they try and it's just they keep texting and you're like, okay, that's enough. Or will never leave us nor forsake us. And so, Lord, help us to have our soul filled with your friendship, the one who is our perfect friend. And out of that friendship, out of our friendship with you, may you bless us with other amazing friendships, friendships that help our friendship with you. And, Lord, I pray for this room, for those that you have it for their future, and and that you would gift them with godly friends, friends that they get to do shoulder to shoulder and face to face with, friends that help them, a spouse that would help them in their friendship with you. And pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Thank you. Uh, So yeah, I just want to leave a little time for any questions you guys might have on marriage and friendship. Yeah, there you go. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Oh, genuinely heard of that? I wasn't because it had, um, uh, it was more just funny because, <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, that was long enough in our relationship that it, it was just funny and I, it still makes, it still makes me laugh and it happens like, like I still do adult sports and it still happens all the time. <laughs> so, um, oh, this has happened like a zillion, a zillion times. I once had a hat trick in soccer um, at the Gig Harbor Indoor Soccer Center right over here. Uh, which is three goals in soccer. That's like, you know, the holy grail of a striker is you get a hat trick and came off the field. She didn't see any of the three. I was like, hat trick, babe. Like, what'd you think? We were married at this point. And then I just laughed. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, Stephen. Ooh, the how do you know question. Um, how do you know, how did I know um, this is the Lord, the one the Lord had sent to me. So, I think this is an important question. I think we have a Disney view of love. And the Disney view of love is walking down the street and the butterflies start flying by, the birds are chipping. And then you see the gal and it's boom, you know, and the heart's thumping. And the eyes meet and right? And that's it. This is the one. She's the one. Love must live on. And what happens is if that's the thing that drives you into marriage, the emotions and all of that, and that this is the one and this is the love, well, you can get this phrase 10, 12, 13 years down the road, which is, we just fell out of love. And the divorce. Or the line of the heart just wants what the heart wants. That's why I'm in this affair and divorce. And so we put that pressure on our relationships and on will we commit or not. 
When reality, we should be asking the question, does this person love Jesus? Do they love Jesus' church? This is an important one. Um, like single gals will ask me like, hey, what do you think about uh, this guy or should I date him or whatnot? I say, look for someone who loves Jesus, has a job, is serving the church, and look at the way they serve the church. Do they serve the church faithfully? Are they generous? Are they... Because the way they treat Christ's bride is a signifier of how they'll treat their bride. And so if they're inconsistent, constantly dating the church, hopping around, um, flaky, talk bad about it, talk bad about other ones, it could be an indicator that that's how... If they're going to treat Christ's bride that way, how are they going to treat looking for commitment. So I'm like, do they love Jesus? Do they serve the church? Do they help me in my friendship with Jesus? Do I help them with friendship with Jesus? And then biblical love, biblical love is covenantal love. So God didn't just see us and get all flitter flattery and oh my goodness, Jake makes my heart skip a beat. I'm going to die on the cross for him. Like he just, oh, you know, no, 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 no. He sees me and out of covenant love, he chooses to love me and die for me while I was a, still a sinner. And so marriage is a covenant. And so you build this friendship. And yes, there's things that you're looking for. And I think emotions should be a part of it and should accompany it. I think that's a good signifier. You don't want to have just be like, well, I feel nothing for them. But I'm going to do the godly thing. Put a ring on that woman. Right? No, no, no. Like, there's this part of it. But there comes this moment where you're saying, I am going to choose to love this person and pursue them for marriage and commit to them. And this is a commitment that I love them as a choice. Love is a choice. I'm committing to love this person whether I feel like it or not. Because there will be days where in your marriage you do not feel like loving them. The emotions aren't there. The butterflies aren't flying around the living room. Kids are screaming. You came from a long day of work, and she's yelling at you, yelling at her, and this. And that's when, when you find out if, if you're actually going to be faithful to your commitment to love and do the hard work of love. Um, and so that's... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not one that's, that encourages people to be looking around for the one. I'm asking them to look, does this person love Jesus? Will they help me love Jesus? Is there a connection? Is there friendship? All right. I have the freedom to now choose to commit to pursue them for marriage and to commit to love them for life. And, and you get to make that uh, commitment. Yeah. Who else? Yes. Okay. Um, the question is, would you say it's important to share a friend group? Uh, no, I don't. Th I wouldn't say that that's too important. Um, I would say it's important to uh, get to know each other's friends groups. Um, I would say that's important. So you don't have to share the friend group. But I think getting to know each other's friend group, and I would say less that it's important. It's to me, it's a red flag if someone quickly isolates you from your friend group. Um, if there, if there's no mutual interest in getting to know one another's friends groups, 
um, and specifically friend groups that are that are helping you walk with Jesus. If someone's trying to quickly isolate you from those that are helping you walk with Jesus, um, that to me is is a is a big a big red flag and um, something that should be considered seriously. Yes, or if there is zero friend group, you might want to ask, wonder why. Oh, how do you grow as friends in marriage? Um, you keep pressing on on face-to-face and shoulder-to-shoulder in, in, in just intentionality, just how you would grow any other friendship. Um, and so you, you are asking, like, and ask each other, have I been a good friend to you? How can our friendship grow? And prioritize that friendship. Um, so just like any, any good friend that you would still work on, it's like, man, if I want to keep growing this friendship and encouraging it, then we need to set aside some time together and spend time together. So in marriage, um, and it is, it's a, a good question and, um, and very important, that friendship before function intentionality. And once you're actually married, uh, it, it almost takes more intentionality because in your subconscious, your mind, you're like, oh, we're seeing each other all the time. We're doing this stuff all the time. We are sleeping in the same bed all the time. So surely we're friends, right? Um, but if it all just function in motions and it's so easy to go, you, and that's what I talked about our first year with Ezra as a baby, we had realized like, whoa, we're just business partners raising, trying not to kill a child, right? And we had to pull back and go like, we got to make sure that we're still good friends and are doing the stuff that she likes to do and the stuff that I like to do and, and doing stuff we like to do together and, and, and keeping that intentionality going. Cool. Thank you, guys.